Welcome to the Entrepreneur Accelerator Podcast. I'm your host, Reem Kharbat. This is a podcast for entrepreneurs and small business owners who want to accelerate their success in life and in business. And whether you're new to the business world, this show will help you because it's a mix of my own experience on how I built my three businesses in five years after being a top-notch executive in the corporate world. And I also speak with influencers and top leaders in the industry to help you and inspire you in mindset, marketing, strategy, sales, and everything in between. If you're new to the show, welcome. I'm the host of T and the founder of the Entrepreneur Accelerator Lab, a mentoring program, and I'm here to help you and inspire you launch and grow your business without wasting years of your life. If you'd like to learn more strategies, more seven-figure strategies, and you want to be surrounded by like-minded people, I encourage you to join my community on Facebook, Entrepreneur Accelerator Lab, where I give you all my experience and all the trainings that will help you start and launch your business using seven-figure launch strategies. I hope that you will enjoy this episode. It's an amazing one, and I'm sure you will have lots of uh, takeaways from it. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into today's episode. Enjoy. excited because we'll have our new guest in here, Derek Van Ness, who is a wealth strategist passionate about helping people reach their full potential. And his company, Big Life Financial, is focused on removing the mystery of misinformation surrounding money and financial strategy so people can live their biggest life. Derek believes that each person has some unique and valuable to contribute to the world, but that most people are never able to express that gift due to fear, doubt, or worry related to money. His mission is to re-eradicate that fear and fundamentally change the way that people think about utilize money within the next generation. Derek's company can help anyone, but is specifically focused on small business owners and has already helped thousands of them to create financial certainty and confidence. He is a straight shooter and has an uncanny ability to explain complex concepts in a simple way that allows clients to see massive results. Okay, Mm -hmm. that is amazing. And as we were talking before the show, I'm super excited that you're here, Derek. Thank you so much for being uh, on the Entrepreneur Accelerator podcast. You're a finance guy and I love finance people. So thank you so much for being here. You're speaking my love language. I I appreciate you having me and I'm excited to to see what we come up with as we put our heads together here. Awesome. So the theme of this show, the Entrepreneur Accelerator, is we talk here about anything that is related to accelerating success. And we were just talking that entrepreneurship is marketing, sales strategy, everything, Mm -hmm. but a big chunk of it, or for me, I believe that the major part that's really helped me personally as a business owner to accelerate and to succeed is me understanding my finance, my financials, reading the numbers. So you as as a wealth strategist and someone who advises entrepreneurs, business owners on uh, understanding more, um, let's say the strategies or anything that would help them understand their 
numbers, understand their finances. What can you tell, or let's say, what is your number one advice to business owners, small business owners and entrepreneurs on how to accelerate their success? What is one thing that they can focus on? I know this is uh, like the first <laughs> question, but right, because... Right. Because it's of the theme of the show, and then we'll continue uh, for the rest. Yeah. So there, there's a couple of things. I'm I'm with you 100%. Like I love marketing. I have a sales book that's on, on Amazon, and, and have done lots of different things around it. But my business is primarily focused on what do you do once you make the money, right? How do you keep more of it with taxes, and how do you save and grow your money? So the the number one piece of advice I'm going to give, and this is going to sound crazy, right? Because it's so simple, but it's so important. And it's kind of like uh, learning how to crawl before you learn how to walk. A lot of people mm. try and skip it. And it's, mm. it's a real problem for business owners. And it's that you need to systematize saving and growing your money. Mm. Now, that sounds super easy, right? Like, of course, I do that. But so many business owners I know, they love their business. They're into it. And they make their money and they put it back into the business. And they make money and they put it back into the business. Mm. And they make money and they put it back into the business. And 10 years from now, they've got a business, but they haven't saved any money. And if they haven't saved any money, they don't have any money growing for them and they don't have any assets and everything is in the business. Mm. And the problem with that is if, if the business hits a hiccup or if you own a movie theater and coronavirus comes along, like your whole life is in that theater, right? You don't have any wealth on the sidelines. You don't have anything else. You don't have any other streams of income. You're just stuck with that one thing. Now, I'm not a believer in over-diversifying, and I absolutely mm. believe investing in your business is a massive, massive rate of return. Mm, but I, mm. I just believe in the idea that as you're making money, you should take a couple chips off the table every time you yeah. get paid, a couple chips off, and put them in a place where they're safe. And at first, just build up some savings, right? So that when weird things come along, you have money to deal with those. But then once you have a, a certain nest egg there, putting money in a place where it always goes up and mm. has guarantees and it's safe, because that means, and it ensures that every single day, every single year, every single decade, you get wealthier. And if you mm. do that over time, you build it up. And that's why you hear these stories about people who make, you know, they're just W-2 employees. They make 40 or $50,000 a year, but they've been maxing out their IRAs or 401ks. And they have hundreds of thousands or millions of mm. dollars because they systematized saving and growing their money. Now, mm. before I go too far with that, I just want to tell you, I'm not a fan of the stock market. I think for mm, business owners, IRAs and 401ks, yeah, they're, they're terrible for business owners, mm. uh, but they're better than nothing because at least they force you to save. So if you're doing nothing, a 401k or an IRA is better, but there are better ways. And I'm sure we'll get into some of that in the mm, later in the show. Definitely. But, I yeah. like that. Is there like, uh, let's say a specific percentage that you advise that people would take or put aside for yeah. savings, like 25%, 10%? Like if I'm starting out, what should I do? In a perfect world, if you're just starting out, I would say start at 20%. If you're coming mm -hmm. out of college, you don't have any bills, you haven't bought a car, like mm -hmm. you just kind of, you're used to zero money, just start living on 80% of what you make, right? And this is after mm -hmm. taxes, 80% yeah. of what you make. If someone's, you know, a lot of people who aren't used to saving, they have to start with 10 and that's okay, mm -hmm. right? I think of it like being in the, in the weight room, in the gym. When you mm -hmm. start off, you don't get to lift the big weights, right? Yeah, you have yeah. to start with the little one. So start with 10%, practice building that saving muscle, practice mm -hmm. building it, building mm -hmm. it until it's a habit. Then you can save more as you start to make more, as you get a raise, as you get money back from your tax returns, whatever, you can start to get more aggressive because saving money, as weird as this is going to sound, 
it's kind of addictive. You see your account going yeah, up every yeah. month and you're like, oh, I like this. this <laughs> I like that. Good. Sure. Right. <laughs> and, and then once you start to grow it, it gets even more fun. But if you don't mm. save, you just never have enough money to grow. I really love that. I really, I really like that because you're so true. Everybody that I spoke to in the show, their number one advice, uh, let's say if they're financial people, they would say mm. that you have to invest in your business because mm -hmm. also there are some people who they do not like let's say they take the income uh -huh. and they just spend it but they oh, do yeah, not yeah. reinvest so uh, and especially for let's say small business owners or entrepreneurs who are let's say solopreneurs mm -hmm. they cannot even differentiate between their business income and their personal income so whatever is coming in it's spent whether it's uh, on their um personal finances or personal personal expenses their kids you know so i believe that there should be some sort of financial education and yeah i'm not sure if uh, like do you think that small business owners should have cpas immediately or let's say cfos on board or should they learn uh, or take some courses in some financial uh, literacy or something yeah that's a great question so it kind of depends on the type of business you're in right if you're just working from home and your business is only bringing in 50 or hundred thousand dollars and after expenses, you know, you mm. really don't have, have anything. I don't know if you need a CPA for that or like a professional advisor, you can use mm. what I call a tax recorder, which means mm. you take your, your books to your person and they do your taxes. I would say yeah. you want to have someone who's a professional, not like an H and R block or one of those mm. kinds of companies where you just go in and they, I mean, I have friends who are like in college and they get hired to do those taxes yeah. for at H&R Block during tax season. So those people, there's not really any strategy, but I would say once your tax bill starts to get over about $5,000, because as a business owner, you know, you can, you can make $200,000, your income on your taxes might only be $40,000, right? Because mm -hmm. you have all these write-offs and you're reinvesting in the, the business and a lot of your personal expenses overlap with the business expenses. So you can write off some or all of that money. So, so the money you pay taxes on is a lot different than the money that True. you actually get to live on, right? Yeah. So, but I would say once you start paying like maybe $5,000 a year or more in taxes as a business owner, you probably want to get some sort of tax professional. And, and I don't say CPA because CPAs are really great, but CPAs aren't specifically trained for taxes, right? Some CPAs oh. just go totally into auditing or totally mm -hmm. into business consulting. Mm -hmm. So the CPA test isn't specific to taxes. It's just mm -hmm. a lot of people who do taxes because it's a very in-demand and necessary field. There are a lot of CPAs, but honestly, I work with a couple of people who are not CPAs who are incredible tax strategists mm -hmm. on our team. And I do work with some that are CPAs. So if that's important to you, that's fine. But ultimately, knowing the tax code is different than the CPA test. And yeah. I only draw that distinction because if your person's not a CPA, it's totally okay. And if they are, that's fine too. But it doesn't necessarily mean that they're that good. Mm. You really have to find uh, find someone who's good. So I would say at the $5,000 mark, it's mm -hmm. worth starting to get someone who can help you with some strategy preferably someone who would be a tax advisor, which means they yeah, want to meet yeah. with you more than once a year, mm -hmm. right? Because a, a big part of taxes is just being proactive. And most people don't want to look at it. They just like, I don't want to see it. Yeah, I'll yeah. just, at the end of the year, I'll go to my tax person. And we'll just see, did I win or lose this year? Right. Or mm -hmm. how much did I win or lose? Uh, if you're smart and you're proactive with your taxes, you can make a massive difference. I mean, when I do my tax master classes or 
or even some of the trainings that we do in our Facebook group, you know, I can show most people four or five simple tips that will save them between 10 and $20,000 a year in taxes, just love it. from simple advice. And if you have yeah. an advisor telling you about that, that's a lot of extra money that'll pay for your kid's college. Mm, of course, right? the, there are a lot of things that people can, let's say, benefit from, especially as small business owners. They, there are a lot of benefits that you can just take and use being a business mm -hmm. owner and you can uh, just uh, get some tax deductions. But first, before we talk more about taxes, I know a lot of people, they don't like this topic, but at the same time, yeah. I know that as much as maybe it's not a very interesting one, it is an important one. And a lot of people, they yeah. like to know uh, what <clears throat> is in it, is in it, as you said, whether they win or lose by the end. But before, before we talk about that, I like the name of your company, Big Life Financial. How did you come up with that name? And what does Big Life mean for it? Yeah, so when I was building the company and thinking about the name of the company, I really thought, why am I doing this? Like, what's what's the point of all this? Sure. I'm going to make some money. I'm going to help some people. Like, mm. but what's the big vision? And the big vision for me is for people to live a big life. And I, mm. I say big life because a lot of us have a tendency, especially when we don't understand things or we're in fear or scarcity, we play mm. small, right? Mm, of course. And a good friend of mine, Garrett Gunderson says all the time, you can't shrink your way to greatness, right? You can't mm. cut expenses. You can't play small. That will never get you to the top of the mountain. And so this. living a big life, like I, I loved that idea of like, this is why we do it. We want to help people create financial confidence and financial certainty so they can get money out of the way and live that big life that they're here to live. Because I think everybody has it inside of them. If you're listening at home right now, I know that inside of you, you're like, I know I could be more than I am. Yeah. I know I'm holding myself back. We all feel that like the, the flame is in there and this is a chance to get the money out of the way because people sometimes propose that idea, right? If, if you didn't have any money, what, or if you didn't have to worry about money, what would you do with your life? And I think some of us start off with like, oh, I'd like to be on a beach and having pina coladas or whatever, but that's not actually what makes people excited yeah. about life. Mm. Usually you, you know, I, I was the purpose coach for business owners for a while. And what I found was it's not about following your passion. It's about doing work that matters to you. And so what's the work you want to do in life? And it could be being a great parent or a mm -hmm. great business owner. It could be giving to a certain charity. I was just having this conversation with a, with a good friend of mine the other day. And it's like, you know, we want to empower people. We want to help people to live that big life. But also for me, like, what's the big vision? Because I'm like passionate about the arts and I'm an artist. I like to paint. Yeah. I love Broadway shows. And I, of course, I love music. Everybody loves music, right? You're a dancer, but you're right. a dancer, right? I am a dancer. I do I've done competitive swing dancing for 20 years. I'm not doing it right now because of COVID, but and I miss it dearly. But yeah, I got a dance minor in college. So mm -hmm. yeah, I'm just like a really creative person. So for me, it's about, you know, empowering people financially. I'd love to do that for artists. Honestly, artists don't want to talk to financial people until they become yeah. really successful. But I do want to support artists. I have this mm -hmm. idea of creating like a I'll share this with you. I've never shared it with anybody, but I'm just Love really it. excited. And and even if I am not able to do it as much as I want to, maybe someone will take this idea and run with it. But, you know, you see these Silicon Valley, like incubators where they have like yeah. a house or they have a building and everyone comes together and they all live together and they do this stuff. Mm. I would love to create that for people who want to create Broadway shows, right? Musicians and singers and actors and storytellers, if they could come together and work on these projects collaboratively without having to worry about being a waiter or 
you know, doing the the terrible jobs that a lot of them take that take up so much of their time and sap so much of that energy. If they could just be there and truly be in creative flow, I think we could come up with some neat things. Because every time I see like one of those remarkable Broadway shows, I just think, God, the world needs more of this, right? They tell such profound stories and they inspire and uplift. If I could be a part of creating more of those, even though creating those isn't my skill set, but if I could provide the financial backing for people to do that, I think that would be tremendous. And so, so those are the types of things that I want to do. I I love it, Derek. It's like just listening to you talking about this. I think we need, we need to clone you in so many (laughs) uh, different aspects in life because we really need to have this kind of mentality in our life enough of let's say separation enough of individuality and it's about time i think for us to just collaborate together and help each other and empower each other to grow i really like that i love the name now i am i appreciate it more um it's is it more about a money mindset or do you give like let's say practical steps on what to do or is it because you were talking about that people are stopping themselves from achieving greatness because the fear of dealing mm-hmm. with money because yeah. of maybe inherited beliefs that they had uh whether when they when they grew up their relationship with money was not like you know they grew up not having a good relationship with money thinking that also rich people are the bad guys and uh sure a lot of this kind is it something that you also guide people towards like money mindset or is it more of a practical let's say advices that you provide Yes. Yeah, so I would say the focus is on practical advice, but a lot of the practical advice, we, we have to weave the mindset through there. Mm. I truly believe that if you're not aware of why you're doing what you're doing, as soon as you hit a bump, you just give up on it, right? You go True. back to your old ways. So but I think once you, once you have an awareness, once you've seen something in a different light, you can't unsee it. So mm-hmm. as we start to share these strategies and looking at creating a roadmap for people on the practical side, I also want them to understand why they're doing what they're doing. And I think that's a big missing piece in a lot of the financial world. Mm. People are saving money into the stock market or into gold and silver or whatever, but they're not sure why. They know they're supposed to be, but there's always this question in their back of their mind. Am I doing the right thing? Why am I doing this? And and once again, that undermines confidence. So Mm. what I like to do is people don't need to understand everything, but they need Mm. to understand why they're doing what they're doing on a, on a big picture level. Like, like we teach uh, something called the money maximization model. And it's a strategy of like Mm. building up money in an account that they can use to create their own banking system. They don't need to know all the nuances of how that account works. They just need to understand my money's here and here's how it's working and here's the tax advantages and here's how I can access it. They don't need to know every little bit. They can leave that up to us. And that's where you can use experts because you can't be an expert in everything. So what you have oh, to do is be good enough to use an expert effectively. Love it. Is there any, uh, let's say, tips that you can give uh, our listeners regarding taxes, how to, let's say, avoid certain, like, is there like any kind of mistakes that they're doing? Anything that sure. they can avoid to maximize? Their write-offs, yeah. Their the write-offs, write-offs, exactly. So yes, yes. Yeah. yeah, so we can go through a couple of really important tips um, that almost anybody can use. So... If you have a business and you're more than just a solopreneur, but you have employees, Mm -hmm. if you're, uh, you can pay yourself a couple of different ways. So 
if you're a you, if you're a corporation, you can pay mm-hmm. yourself salary, but you can also pay yourself dividends, right? Which is mm-hmm. like owner's equity. Uh, we could think of it as like passive income versus active income. Income yeah. you get from being the business owner, not just from doing your job. So mm-hmm. I work with like a lot of doctors and dentists and chiropractors and uh, these kinds of people. They have employees. So if you're a dentist, and let's say you make two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year you might be able to pay yourself a salary of a hundred or $150,000 a year. Let's say it's $150,000 because you could hire another dentist for 150,000, but the yeah. other hundred thousand is money that you basically get for being the, uh, the business owner. And it's money mm-hmm. you make off of the hygienists and product sales and some of the other yeah. things that you don't have to do. When you take that money as dividends, instead of taking it all as salary, you don't pay the self-employment tax on that. And I should oh, yeah. probably state, as a disclaimer, I'm not a CPA. Talk to your tax professional. Uh, mm-hmm. Everybody's situation is different, so make sure that this is right for you. But if you're paying yourself a lot of money and you're not taking some of that as dividends as a business owner, you need to talk to your CPA and say, hey, do I need to be taking this all as salary? Because just on taking that $100,000 of dividends, you're going to save yourself 7.5%. So that's $7,500 in taxes. Those are after-tax dollars. Mm-hmm. So that's a big difference. Just one simple thing. And, you know, for a lot of people, that's worth three, four, five thousand $5,000 a year. If you make a lot of money, it could be worth 20 or 30 grand, right? So that's a, yeah. a really simple one that I see that mistake being made all the time. I know there are so many, but I'm trying to, because I saw a lot of from you. So I'm trying to get <laughs> absorbed from you as much as possible within those 30, 40 minutes. So I was thinking about the, there's an episode that you shared, I think last week, and you were talking about four simple uh, steps towards profit or four simple steps where you can uh, get profits. And you were talking about how you can do rentals like Airbnb and stuff. Short-term so this rentals, is, yeah. it, is this something that you also, let's say, give advices to like coming up with ideas that people can do and they can just profit from? Like, is this some kind of sort of, let's say, strategic advices that you provide to your clients? Yes and no. So I, with things like, uh, I have a real estate background, so I've done short-term mm-hmm. rentals. I've fixed and flipped a bunch of houses over the years. Um, done lease options and all kinds of creative financing and different things. So in that particular area, I do advise and help clients. I'm not um, like a real estate guru or anything of that sort. But if I have clients who are looking to get into real estate, uh, I'll work with them sometimes on a a mentorship basis to help them get Mm -hmm. a couple of properties under their belts and really optimize that. Uh, With the short-term rentals, I just think short-term rentals for a lot of people can be a really great source of income. They cash flow so much better than rentals. And if you don't have a ton of money saved, they're a really great way to get your feet wet. I think in a lot of places you can get into a short-term rental for less than $5,000 where you're renting it with the right to re-rent it as a Mm short-term rental. So you don't Mm -hmm. own the property, but like we had one and I think it was a two bedroom in San Diego two bedroom, two bathroom. We were renting it for like 1750, if I remember correctly, but we were making on average, probably a thousand dollars a month um, over and over and above all of our expenses for the maids and for Mm. taxes and everything. We were making about a thousand dollars a month, more than that in the summer and less than that in the winter. But overall to get a rental property that cash flows a thousand dollars a month, like it's really hard. A lot of rental properties, you put 20% down, you know, you mm. buy a hundred thousand dollar house, you put 20,000 down yeah. and you might make 200 bucks a month. So for one twentieth of the money, you can make 10 or five to 10 times the income. 
and much lower risk. So mm. I think if you're getting started, those types of strategies can be really powerful. And, you know, I kind of pick and choose those when I work with clients, depending on what they're trying to do, because short-term rentals have their pros and their cons, Yeah. right? Yeah. It's, it's somewhat intensive. It's not a ton of work, but you're working all the time, checking people in, checking people out, a lot mm. of messaging back and forth. I probably spent when I was running four of them, I probably spent an hour a day on it, which really? wasn't a, not a ton of time, but a bunch of like, oh yeah, here's where you check in. Oh, we can't mm. find the key. What about this? Or, oh, you know, where's the clearest, clear, uh, no, uh, closest grocery store or yeah. those types of things. We tried to automate as much of that. We had a little exactly. book that had all the, you know, all the local stuff. And we had a maid who would go out there and she was awesome. And she would take care of everything and make sure mm. that everything was good. And the key was in the right place and all that mm. uh, and landscapers, but you know, you still have to do some, so it's not totally automated. If you're in a business where you can't react to people all day, you need to be like locked down. Maybe those aren't for you, right? Maybe regular rentals yeah. or other types of investments are for you. So I really try and direct people based on their interest and, and sort of how their life is set up. I like that. But lately, because I remember also not early this year, I think last year, I heard, do you know Ty Lopez? Have you heard of Ty Lopez? Is one I know of who the, he is. I don't know him uh, personally, but yeah. Yeah, me too. Me neither. I don't know anybody. <laughs> I know everybody virtually. <laughs> but um, but the thing is that he was, uh, last year, I think he was talking about this big thing, which is like the new big thing, uh, which is the short rentals, short-term rentals, mm -hmm. like Airbnb. And he was like telling everybody that you should get into that business. And it was really interesting. It's, it's very difficult for us here to think about this. Because still people, let's say in, in our side of the world, they're not still used to renting things from normal people. But mm -hmm. instead of they prefer to go to, let's say, uh, entities like hotels or small like motels or stuff, you know. Yeah. But it, for me, it was really interesting to see that it is picking up and it's a good business. And especially, as you said, you don't have to own it. You can just simply rent it and make sure, because you said that one of the major points that you have to focus on is to make sure that you're allowed to sublease that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've seen people who try to, to be sneaky about it, but it's just not worth it. The cost mm. is so high. If your landlord comes and finds out and they tell you, you can't do it. Well, now you're on the hook for the rent for the rest of the year. So the downside's pretty big on something like that versus the upside. So I'm a believer in full transparency, let people know, yeah. of course, make it as a compelling an offer as you can, but you need to disclose what you're doing. If you're going to be dealing with their property, because if they find out it could go really badly for you. And I just don't think yeah. it's worth the risk for people. Love that. Last thing, last sure. thing, I promise. <laughs> so are you with cash or credit? It depends on what you mean. I think having a lot of cash on hand creates a lot of opportunities. But I also think that credit can create leverage and leverage mm -hmm. is really, really powerful, right? So mm -hmm. to be able to buy things that you wouldn't have been able to buy. And what I mean by that is my belief in credit is you should only use credit for things that are going to earn you more than they cost you, mm -hmm. right? So the exception might be a house because you have to, you have to pay to live somewhere anyway. Yeah. So if you borrow money to get a mortgage on a home or whatever, then it's okay if you have to pay more than it makes you because the financial return isn't there, but the emotional return is there. The mm. ownership, the being close to family, to having something you love, all of that, that's probably the one exception. Outside of that, I think if you can't, like from a consumptive standpoint, buying stuff, 
I think if you can't pay for it cash or you you can't pay for it out of some sort of cash flow, you probably shouldn't borrow for it, right? Yeah. So there, there are some exceptions, but overall, I just see people spending money on fancy furniture or TVs or, or other kinds of things that aren't going to earn them the wrong money. assets. Yeah. The, those are not assets. Yeah. They're, they're consumptive items. And so, exactly. yeah. So I think credit has its place. Um, I also think that cash has its place. And I think we're coming into a place in the market where I do think the credit markets are tightening up. Interest rates are low, but lenders, I've seen them in my own experience, I've seen them bracing for what they believe might be an economic slowdown any credit card that I have that I haven't been using. And I try to act, keep some of my credit active just to always keep those cards open. But I yeah. had two cards I hadn't been using. Both of them have been closed in the last couple of months where mm-hmm. the, the bank mm-hmm. have just come in and said, you know what, you're not using this. We're going to take that back. I see people who completely leverage themselves on credit. And I saw this in 2008 where the banks come in and they just cut off your credit line. If you're depending on that to live, it's going to be a real problem. So I think mm. you need to have cash to deal with those kinds of situations for sure. Um, I think cash over the next couple of years will be really important, but then there's the whole inflation side of the thing, right? Of like, if we get into too much inflation, holding cash could be a problem. So I, I think it's a balancing act. I think credit mm. has its mm. place. I think cash has its place. I think cash creates certainty and liquidity, the ability to be nimble and move. I think credit can create leverage. Yeah. I love it. You said in also in your video, you said that when you have cash, like it's good to have cash because it's power. And mm-hmm. um, at least you need to have a month or two of, let's say, of your monthly expenses. You need to have cash that covers uh, a month or two of expenses because uh, your team, if you're if you ha- if you're having employees, let's say, they're not going to mm-hmm. wait for, let's say, your uh, clients to pay you so that you will pay your team or to run your business. So you need to have at least two months of cash to cover your uh, running cost. Yeah, I think on the personal side, I would say three months. And I would say on the mm-hmm. business side, w- one to two months worth of operating expenses. Like if yeah. you if you had to shut down and, and just, or you didn't make any money, you just had to pay your bills, your basic bills, mm. you need to have enough money to get through a month or two that way. Just because otherwise everything becomes urgent and you're frazzled, right? All the time yeah. you're worried and you're spending so much time trying to balance the books that you're not really, you're, you're not focused out here like growing your business and doing the right things. You're making short-term decisions. Uh, mm. I'm probably this week going to record a whole video on what I call your planning horizon, which is mm-hmm. how far do you look into the future with your plan? Because the the bigger your planning horizon, the further you look into the future, the smaller all the obstacles along the way look, right? Because mm. you understand the big picture why. And so when you hit little things or you have a slow month or you have a slow week or you have a slow quarter, you're like, that's okay. We know this is going to happen. I've got the big, big picture view and we just keep rolling. Um, I think if you don't have that big picture view, it's easy to get stuck in. Oh my gosh, I didn't yeah. close any deals. I didn't make any money this week or this month. What's going on? And you can kind of freak out. Um, so I think that planning horizon makes a big difference. And then also with the planning horizon, and this is something we're doing with YouTube. It's something we're doing with, uh, I'm actually going to start my own podcast here very shortly. Yay, is, love that. Yeah. Yeah, That's yeah, I did one way back and they're they're really fun. But yeah, we, we've got a, a cool thing we're going to be doing with that. But, you know, uh, you have to plant the seeds now to harvest the crops later. And mm-hmm. so things like a podcast channel, like you don't get to start with everybody listening to you, right? Absolutely. You have to get that mm-hmm. snowball rolling. So 
And like right now, I'd love to tell you that we have this YouTube channel with billions of subscribers. I just started a couple of months ago. We got a couple hundred people. It's mm. pretty small, you know, but we get really good feedback and it continues to grow every month, every month. And I have several friends who have gone from zero to 50 or 100,000 or 200,000 subscribers. In the beginning, it's really slow, but if you don't get started, it'll never happen. So financially, it's the same thing. You got to build these snowballs, right? Like, sure. oh, me saving a couple hundred bucks or a thousand dollars a month, like, is that really going to matter? If you do it every month in the first year, it won't matter that much. By the second year, a little more. By the third year, a little more. 10 years from now, you're in a completely different place than you would be if you didn't start. So I think that's just a really important thing is if you have that big picture vision, that bigger horizon, yeah. you just understand what it takes to create big things. Big things almost never come from not starting. You have to start mm -hmm. and you have to get the ball rolling, even if it starts small. I love that. I love that. And I'm super excited for your podcast because I think <laughs> I'll be one of your uh, biggest fans. I, um, I truly love... And I, I feel that we really need this kind of, let's say, as we said, this kind of education, the small tips that will, like, you can implement immediately and you can just change mm -hmm. and fix in your, in your business. We need this, like enough of strategies, enough of, let's say, inspirational uh, thoughts. We need at least one tip or a mm -hmm. trick that we can use and we can implement and we can see in front of us some uh, changes in our business. And I believe that whatever you're going to teach in that podcast, it's going to be amazing. And I, I love it. You said, you mentioned that you have a group where you teach this or where you help yeah. people in there. Yeah, we have a group called the Business Owners Success Lab. And the mm -hmm. idea in there is I do one training every week so that we help people to, and I go over everything from real estate strategies. Uh, a lot of people were worried about inflation a couple of weeks yeah. ago. So I did a whole, you know, 20 or 30 minutes and it's a, always a live training. So people can ask questions and I, I love the engagement like live. I'm still getting used to it, but it's super cool uh, yeah. because you can get those questions. You can get the feedback. You can get the, I don't quite understand or what about this or Hmm. Uh, have you ever thought of that? Like, I, I really love that dialogue back and forth. And I expect with technology, it's only going to get better. So, so we do that every, every week. And once again, that's another snowball, but that one has grown a lot faster. You know, we've gone from zero to just over 1200 members over the last, uh, I think we started in May um, oh, awesome. and it's, yeah, it's been growing really nicely and uh, it just seems to grow faster and faster as people share it with their friends and and I really try to post one or two valuable pieces of content in there every day. Like we, we ask questions where essentially business owners can share their best ideas with the other people in the group, right? And then I also do, I put a lot of our YouTube videos and other articles and different things that we're creating to try and keep people stimulated so that once a day, they can get something really valuable from the group. And I, I believe if we really focus on value creation, you know, it's just going to build big fans and, and uh, yeah. eventually some of those people will need some financial help. I love that. I'll make sure to add this um, to the show notes to add your group, because I think that is, it's really interesting. And I'll, I will make sure that after this, I will join your group if you allow me to be Absolutely. there. Because uh, yeah. uh, as I told you, I don't see a lot of uh, financial people around me. And I sometimes I feel like like I'm the only one speaking about this topic. Like everybody is talking about marketing, 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 marketing. And I was like, please, someone just focus on this for once. Well, it's just, it's so easy to sell marketing, right? Because you come to the person, you're like, give me $15,000 this year. And if we can just increase your sales 10%, that's worth $100,000. 
And honestly, in my experience, a lot of marketing people don't deliver on the promise. Like the the so theory true. seems great, but it's super easy to sell. It's all sizzle. It's super sexy. And if they're right, you're just like, but what if, but what if? So it gets like yeah. your greed glands all swelling up. What we do on the financial side, it doesn't seem sexy, but it's rock solid. It's like, what if you could keep an extra $30,000 a year by being smarter about your taxes or filing for research and development credits? Mm -hmm. You didn't make an extra dollar, but you ended Mm -hmm. up with $30,000 more. It's not a what if, it is 100% gonna work. If you write this off, the government doesn't charge you, right? So it's just rock solid strategy that's, that's you. it's not hyperbole. But it's not sexy because you know what? If you only paid 30 grand in taxes, all we can save you is 30 grand. I can't turn that 30 grand into 500,000 with some magical formula that's got a cool name. Right? Become so a millionaire I'm, in 90 days. <laughs> yeah, it happens all the time, right? Now, listen, I know a ton of people who have become millionaires. And it's, I think I heard it on one of your past podcasts, and I'm in the same boat. You know, it's the 10 years behind the overnight success. The people, even Mark Zuckerberg, you know, they say, oh, he created this whole thing. The guy had been programming for years and he's such an anomaly. He's a freakishly smart, right? Mm. But even for someone freakishly smart with the best connections in the world, as far as where he was going to school and all of that, he had to have the skill set. And the way he had the skill set is he'd been busting his butt at that for five or 10 years. I don't know how long, but but these things really don't happen overnight. Amazon, you know, you see the pictures of Jeff Bezos working in like a basement with a printer banner behind him that says amazon.com, yes. right? Like the, these things, they take forever to, to kind of build that snowball we talked about. So yeah. you have to, you have to start them, but yeah, I'm just a believer that I wrote this article called the secret to discipline. And one of the concepts that people love from it is that the, uh, the mountain is made of the minuscule, right? Mm. A mountain is made of grains of sand. And if you don't start with the grains of sand, you never get a mountain. And so you have to continually show up. And, and the whole concept of the article is discipline isn't one big decision. It's not, I'm going to lose it. weight. It's every single meal, making the right choice. It's every single day doing some exercise. It's every single day drinking water. You know, it's, it's a million little decisions that create the discipline, not the one big one. And the cool thing is, and they teach this in like Alcoholics Anonymous. It's something that's always stuck with me, you know, one day at a time, one day at a time is mm. you can make that one little decision. I'm out to eat or, you know, I'm kind of hungry tonight. Should I eat healthy or should I not? I'll just eat healthy this time. I'll just eat healthy this time. I'll just oh, save yeah. money this month. I'll just knuckle down and do my taxes right this year. I'm going to spend, you know, one hour a month on taxes and it's going to make me 30 grand. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's the same as earning another $30,000 in your business. You just saved it in taxes instead of having to go and take more risk and spend more money to hopefully make it. So it's just a different way of approaching things. I love it. I love it. I love it so, so, so much. Thank you. Well, Derek, if people want to know more about you personally to follow you and to see more about what you're doing, where can they find you? Yeah, the the easiest way, of course, is our website, biglifefinancial.com. But if you want to um, find out a little bit more YouTube-wise, if you do biglifefinancial.com forward slash YouTube, it'll take you to my page. We also have a book. Uh, We didn't really get into any of the financial strategies that we teach, but we give away a free book that talks about one of the the really most important strategies we teach, Mm -hmm. uh, the money maximization model. Uh, If you Mm -hmm. go to biglifefinancial.com forward slash free gift, you can download that book. Or while you're on the website, if you go to the top right corner, there's a button up there you can click that says, I think it says work with us. You click that, you can have a uh, free consultation with myself or someone on my team. 
And listen, our belief is even if you're not ready yet, like you can't implement a ton of stuff, we invest in people. If we can help you to get on the right track right now, those little grains of sand, even though they're not a mountain yet, uh, when you build the mountain, you'll be a client too. So we want to help you be successful. We want to align our success with yours. So if you're thinking, you know what, I really do need to get my financial game together. Maybe I'm not a behemoth yet. Usually you have to get it together before you become the behemoth. It doesn't work the other way around. So we'd love to talk to you. Love it. Big life financial guys. Thank you, Derek Vanness, for being on the Entrepreneur Accelerator podcast. It was really exciting and I really enjoyed talking to you. Would love to have you again on the show sometime soon. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, Reem, I've had a great time and I definitely love to come back because I feel like we just scratched the surface today. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You have a wonderful day. And thanks for listening. If you've liked this episode and you want to go a lot deeper and you want to learn more about my philosophies and methodologies and tactics on leadership, business, finance, and mindset, everything that I learned and implemented to hit the seven figure while building the business around your life and family, if you want to create an impact and be a high achiever, then I really encourage you to check out my program, the Business Accelerator Lab. It's transforming lives because it's an implementation lab. It's the information there is really, really powerful and very tactical. You know, people have asked me before, Reem, how did you manage to get all that done in just a few years with no following, no external funding? And they asked, can you mentor us? They understand that all great athletes have a coach because a coach holds them accountable. Even superstars have a mentor because a mentor pushes them and challenges them and is honest with them and teaches them. And so if you believe that you are maybe stuck in your life or maybe you're successful but you want to significantly get to the next level, if that's of an interest to you and you don't want to waste years of your life trying to figure it out, then I'd love to tell you about the Business Accelerator Lab. It's my mentoring program where you're gonna absolutely love it. We'll talk all mindset, business, marketing, productivity, simply how to run your business and not let your business run you. It's exactly what I've done and how I managed to build three businesses all the way from Saudi Arabia while being a mom. The final thing that I'll leave you with is this. If this episode of the Entrepreneur Accelerator has been valuable to you, I would love it if you would share it with three of your friends in the next 24 hours so we can get the message out. I want to thank you for being here with me in this episode and I wish that you all received great value from it. If you'd like to know more about me and what I do, let's connect on Facebook or maybe you can book a power session with me at reemkharbat.com. That is R-E-E-M-K-H-A-R-B-A-T.com. One more time, thank you so much and I'll see you next time. Take care.